Hey, everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, we have Alexis wearing wigs. We've got Sam and Jason trying to bait Shiloh. And holy cow, we say goodbye to young, young Oscar. We're going to break it all down next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, look at that, bringing the funk here on AfterBuzz TV. Welcome, everybody, to the GH Report. This is the show where we, we break down all the latest shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I'm uh, the Funkalicious, Frank Moran. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm Carla Renata. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. Uh, now, it's just not the two of us here in the room. We've got a very special guest just hanging out here enjoying us while we do the show, or at least enjoying Carla. Not really enjoying me. But that is Carla's mom is in the house. Yes. <laughs> Don't Look at that. I like it. She's My mother tur- turned her back. She turned her back right to it. She didn't want to be. Nope. Even though she's not on she's camera. Like, like, she's like, do not be putting me on camera. Look at this. Uh, I mean, I know that the, the audience can't hear it, uh, but I will just ask you, uh, Carla's mom, are you a fan of General Hospital? She is she ignoring is you. She's ignoring me. All right. There you go. I see where Carly gets it from. Just, ign- just ignoring me. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> that was funny. All right, folks. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Carly has aced this chat. She was just bragging about it mere minutes ago. About I hate she you. I can't thing. tell you nothing. You're like, I, you can't hold water. What Everything I say off the air, he like says it on the air. But you're like, what, bra- what, what the you're hell? bragging about the chat. That's great. Whatever. That's a... You, you're you're bra- you're bragging. I'm Whatever. just I'm giving it to you. So um, let's get into the discussion about General Hospital. Oh, all right. We're not going to give any shout out to some of our actually, lovely chat. Goers? Actually, we're going to give a shout out to Cinco de Mayo. Hey, Cinco de Mayo in the house. It's tequila in these cups today. Uh, okay, Woo-woo. let's give a shout out to the people in the chat room. We got Joe Costanza. We got Lisa Legrand. It's a long. She's a long time listener, but first time in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. Dulamon, Tom Clev. And Daisy Flower 40. They are all here. Thank you for joining us, you guys. And I know it's a little light in the chat here because we're also competing against the Daytime Emmy Awards. They are streaming live now. Here <laughs> Dulemont as well. said the Emmys are kind of boring right now. So, oh, well, all right. So, so they'd rather go. be here with us. <laughs> Come to us during those boring parts of the Daytime <laughs> Emmys. We will take it. Uh, but uh, I know that we've had a couple winners already announced. Uh, we two have. GH. One was Haley Aaron for her role as Kiki Jerome. Yes. And the other one was Patricia Bethune as Nurse Mary Pat. She was here as a guest of ours earlier this year or yeah. was it last year? No, last that year. was last year, right yep. before the holidays. So shout out to Patricia Bethune. Girl, I told you you were going to win that Emmy. I knew it because you were slaying. She got that GH report bump. She got. <laughs> put she it right did. over the edge. She actually said on Twitter that she got the nomination because of us. I thought that was really sweet that she shouted us out like well, that. Well, let's hope that the lawyer have to get a copy of her acceptance speech. And I hope we're <laughs> yeah. mentioned in there as well. I bet she didn't. I bet she was so shocked that she won. But, she, you know. Come on, Patricia. I'm just saying. Oh, Come and on. let me also give a shout out to this is not a General Hospital show, and this friend of mine I'm about to mention has never been on General Hospital, but he is a dear childhood friend of mine. His name is Kevin Spiritus. He used to be on Days of Our Lives. He won a couple of Emmys the other night doing the Creative Emmys, um, and for his web series drama After Forever, and he's still nominated for, I think he was nominated for 11 or 12 total, so as the Emmys are unfolding tonight, I'll find out if he wins some more tonight, but congratulations on the ones that you already won. I'm really proud of you. 
Thomas will he even be watching this show because he doesn't he, watch he actually doesn't he watches me on the show so he, he loves me and we grew up together we're old friends I had him over audition days um, a couple of weeks ago to talk about After Forever and he came on the Curvy Critic and um, talked about After Forever there too we grew up together we've known each other for a long time so I support him he supports me it's a mutual admiration society going on so he'll he'll watch the GH report and only listen to the parts where you're talking and then just turn the volume down <laughs> when it comes to me like, well he's at the Emmys right now so he's not watching anything he's waiting for his name to be called alright okay uh, so folks we're gonna dive into the latest happenings this past weekend in Port Charles but before we get specific Carla overall what did you think of this week this was a tearjerker week. Like, I, I know I've been very sarcastic on this show, talking about Oscar and how they were dragging out his death, so on and so forth. But when he finally did um, meet that moment where he had to, to, you know, leave Port Charles in spirit and in body, I, for one, boohooed like a big old baby. I cried because, and this is what I loved about how they handled it. Usually on soaps, especially on GH, somebody dies, there's like a little cheap funeral, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of move on to the next. I love the fact that they made Oscar's last show a show about him having a dream that he was better, and that he got to see how everybody else's lives unfold without him, and that they were all happy. I love that he had a dream that everybody was happy and nobody was sad about him dying. It was the best thing ever. And for a minute, for a split second, I thought it was real until I saw Lila and Edward Quartermain. Uh, two things about that. One, uh, <laughs> from the back. <laughs> the, the, the guy that they got to play uh, <laughs> Joss's college boyfriend. Yeah. Was I was like, really? That's who she ended up with? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. Too. I, I felt that, that too. Uh,. And two, you know, I am of two minds about that Edward and Lila thing. One, I mean, they are the Quartermain Patriarchs, so it mm-hmm. does kind of make sense. But both actors have passed. Mm-hmm. And so we only see them from behind. And we never hear them. We only see them walk. Uh, oh boy, and, and Lila just, like, stuck forever in that, like, that uh, magenta and reddish, like, <laughs> muumuu type thing that she wears. I can't stand oh, you for saying boy, that. boy, it's but just I, rough. But I thought that was tastefully done because they could... What they could have done, which would have been tragic beyond, is they could have brought in two actors to play Edward and Lila and, you know, actually been talking to him, which would have been beyond cheesy. They very tactfully only had us see them from the back, and we saw them moving and grooving. Now, I will admit that there was one time, where I think when they were coming out of Charlie's and they followed him out of Charlie's, I thought that that was going to be the time that I thought he was going to leave with them and that was going to be it. But then they took him back to the house and had him had that be the moment. I was like, y'all are killing me. I just cannot. <laughs> it was like that. Uh, it's a wonderful life kind of. They they love doing it's a wonderful life kind of things over at General Hospital, don't they? Remember what, a little while ago they did that thing with Sonny? Oh yeah, where you just got to <laughs> see what his life was like. If he hadn't shot that guy, <laughs> right? Well, for me, it's would you still have rather have uh, Edward and Lila? We only see it from the back. We never hear them. Or would you rather see them do something like get Stuart Damon? He's still around. Do you get him to be Alan? No. It wouldn't have the same impact? It wouldn't have had the same impact, and it wouldn't have matched what they were doing in the script. Because remember, the only reason we saw Lila in the first place is because right before that, we see Monica and Ned in the crypt. And he says, are you talking to ghosts? And she said, yes, yes, I am. And then they flip over to Oscar seeing Lila. So I think storyline-wise, it worked better. 
But you could have just reversed that and shot Alan's as the last one that she was talking to, and then it gone to Alan. I mean, nah. would, would, it's like, do you want to see that interaction of somebody from the Quartermain clan walking him over to the other side? I think the way that they chose to do it was very tastefully done. I think if it was going to happen, it needed to be from the, the patriarch and the matriarch of the family and not necessarily Alan. Because during the course of Oscar's character being on GH, they talked about Alan here and there, but there was never any extensive discussion about Alan to Oscar. But there was extensive conversation, excuse me, about Edward and Lila to Oscar. So it makes sense that those would be the two that he would be leaving with. Because he had seen numerous, he saw more than one picture, he saw numerous pictures of them. I don't even know if they even showed him a picture of Alan. You know what I mean? I'm just just thinking storyline-wise, you know? Yeah, and maybe it's just... And it was Lila's birthday. Oh, great. Uh, (laughs) The Uh, day he passed away was Lila's birthday. Oh, what a a gift. Uh, (laughs) You are so sarcastic. (laughs) I hate you right now. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's just the fact that I, I, I see the realities of production in those scenes where mm-hmm. it's like I know it's not them and I, I it's, it's a, so it battles with the emotion that I want to feel in that scene mm-hmm. I almost wish that they would have grabbed some old sound bites of theirs where it's like you know it's time to go or welcome or just like some pieces that we at least hear I didn't have a problem with not hearing them. I, I think know. hearing them would have been too cheesy for me. Oh, and, and just so throughout the broadcast today, we'll just interject every once in a while when you guys tell me someone's won. So Dulamon said that Max Gale just won Best Supporting Actor nice. for playing right. Mike. So that was good. He had a really good run. All right. And now back to our scheduled program. <laughs> uh, but we do get to see Oscar leave. And it was nice for him to have. To kind of see both sides. He was able to kind of say some final things, at least in his dream, to people that uh, he was close to, whether it be uh, Sonny and Carly, whether it be Cameron. Uh, yeah, to at least kind of say those goodbyes that he never really got a chance to do in real life before, just because yeah. the storyline was And just I enjoyed up. that. I enjoyed that he was able to tell, in his dream, he was able to tell people how he felt about them. And then I love how they, once they tied it up, oh, the thing that really made me cry, though, I was good. I was actually good until they brought him out of the room and put him on that gurney. Mm. And his arm and body, head was flopping around. Up until that moment, I was good. When I saw that, I was like, ooh, the finality of it all, I, I couldn't, I really just couldn't emotionally handle that. It was hard. That was hard to watch. It, but I also, it felt weird. And I don't know. I, it, I've never been in that particular situation. Uh, but I guess I've I, I've seen many TV shows and procedurals uh, <laughs> where there is a body, you know, being taken away that they will cover the entire body, uh, respectfully cover the whole from head to toe, drive the blanket. This they just kind of just put the blanket right because there. Because it was the parents, and you saw the EMTs were standing in the background. Yeah. So I think the but she's EM- a doctor. She would know that. But. Even though she's a doctor, she was still his mother. At the end of the day, she was still a mom who lost her son, her only son. And the EMTs aren't going to like, we'll, we'll finish this up for you and cover it up. <laughs> well, they didn't show that. They just showed. Well, they wheeled him right out. So maybe they did it outside, but it's like. Right. Wah. I think because I think you got to, I think in a situation like that, you probably got to feel the, put your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the family. Okay. And I think that family was grieving so heavily in that moment that, that it would have been insensitive for the EMTs because I promise you in a writing room somewhere they discussed this ad nauseum <clears throat> and I think it would have been insensitive for them to cover him up seeing how visibly upset and grief stricken the family was in that particular moment 
you know, I'm buying Kim and her grieving for sure, and, and those scenes watching her do that very heartbreaking. <clears throat> you know, and we've talked a little bit about this too with the last week with Drew and his grieving. I feel like I don't know if I fully really. It's like I I I, I want to see more from Drew, or am I expecting too much? from that character. I think you're expecting too much from that character. I didn't have a problem with not seeing him break down. Who I really was concerned about whether we were going to see them break down or not was Cameron. You know, I wasn't sure how Cameron was going to handle all that because Cameron was, no pun intended, was, was ghosting Oscar for the most part because as a young man dealing with that type of reality, he just couldn't take it. Yeah. To the point where even when Josh texted him and said Oscar's gone, he fumbled around with his phone with all these different responses and finally he just threw the phone and broke down. I felt so sorry for that little young man because even though that was a touching scene for me with him, I felt like he was really trying to find them tears. Yeah, I, mean, I felt like he was struggling trying to get a tear to like come down his face. Like it, it, it felt in in some respects it felt a little teeny tiny bit forced. It's you know, and, and <laughs> I mean, I guess the nature of his relationship with Elizabeth and Franco is a little rough at the moment, given everything that's been happened recently with Cameron. So yeah, he doesn't. He when Elizabeth and Franco tell him the news, he's like, oh, okay, we weren't really that close. And just kind of makes a beeline, heads directly to the stairwell, and mm-hmm. then just it's like then he just then he lets it go. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was interested that he couldn't even uh, let his mom try to be there to comfort him because he's a dude. You know how y'all can be sometimes. <laughs> you know, and not all dudes are like this, but sometimes dudes are just like they're dudes, and they don't want anybody to see them getting emotional. They don't want any, and especially Cameron. Cameron's been walking around you know, like he's so strong and so in control and and such a a man's man that the last thing he really wanted anybody to see, including himself, is to see his mother let, is for him to let his mother see him break down. Because it's in that moment that everybody would have been full on you know, draws down, curtains open, seeing just how emotionally distraught he was about that. And that young man has a lot on his plate. His friend is dying. Like, every chance he got, even though he complained about helping Oscar with stuff, he helped Oscar because Oscar was his friend. Cameron don't have a whole lot of friends. But Oscar was his friend, and he helped him in spite of himself. So the fact that he's not going to have any more capers with Cam- with um with Oscar, the fact that this really was the finality of the situation, the fact that it's going to affect his relationship with Joss, and who knows how that's really ultimately going to affect their relationship. That's real. So, yeah, I just, I I felt his pain. I did. I felt little Cameron's pain. I was like, oh, he's having a moment. Poor little thing. <laughs> I was like, I felt his pain. And it, it was interesting how... It affected every. The only person I didn't see that much reaction from, which was actually kind of shocking, was Sam. But Sam was distracted. I think she was too distracted with Shiloh and his shenanigans. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was. Uh, well, it's a shame we didn't see Scout. You know, there were there. Her, her, yeah, her, her, her dolls. <laughs> Scout and the doll <laughs> with that weird scowl <laughs> on her face. <laughs> with that look on her face, like I don't want to be here <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, quick ten second ta- tangent over on Cameron. Uh, because the other big scene with him this week is, is uh, with Franco. And Franco wants to kind of follow up on their conversation, talking about Aiden. And, yeah. Uh, his, you know, whatever he might be in, in growing up. Is he is he gay? Is he not gay? Whatever this is. But if he is gay, uh, is Cameron, do you, Cameron got a chance to explain his point of view, what he sees as the issue. 
do you understand where Cameron's coming from? Or it's one thing to be parents to be supportive, but the realities of just how children are in a school environment. I get both sides of that coin. So there is, I get Cam, um, Aiden's parents trying to embrace Aiden where he is and, and, and try to make his life as normal as it can possibly be under those circumstances. Like, I get that. I also get Cameron being frustrated with his parents doing that because in his adolescent mind, he feels like his parents aren't doing him any favors, that they're just making it worse. And the reality is you can't control what other people do and say. All you can do is control how you react in the situation or how you're navigating through your life. And if people see that you're not bothered by it or that it's not going to ruffle any feathers or that it's not going to send you into a bathroom in a stall crying, then they will change their behavior towards you. Eventually they will. But you have to be crystal clear and have really strong roots in your reality and in your truth, in your unique truth and in your unique self for that to happen. It's when there's a sliver of doubt hanging anywhere on your face and your body language that kids and anybody that is homophobic pounces on it. And I, it's, I feel like it's a, a tough ask sometimes to have a kid be that put together. <laughs> It's, it is it's hard, and he's a little guy, you know. So, but I think he, I, the few scenes that they've shown with Aiden, he seems to be okay with the fact that he is the way that he is, and he doesn't have a problem with. The, he doesn't seem to have a problem with the way other kids treat him, but it does. You can see that it does hurt his feelings when he's not invited to certain things, or when they call him certain names, or they treat him a certain way. But Elizabeth and Franco are doing a really good job of helping him get a tougher armor in that respect, and I think that's the thing that Cameron is not really um, grasping. I haven't seen a good baking session yet in a while. <laughs> I can't stand. Speaking of baking, there were a lot of scenes in Sunday's kitchen this week, too. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, you're not going to build that set if you're not going to try to get the most out of it. <laughs> I, I, it's it's a great set. I really a big he fan. He was in that kitchen, and he said something that made me laugh out loud. And Sunday said something about... Um, when I I was sitting there saying there are a lot of scenes in Sonny's kitchen and then Sonny said you know I forget who he was talking to he might have been talking to Jason or somebody but he says you know cooking relaxes me helps me think think about what what are you thinking about Sonny that new kid you got coming <laughs> like, mob what's, stuff <laughs> like, coffee what's happening? importing I need to know inquiring minds need to know <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks before we hop over to the next topic we just want to take a second here to thank all of you for helping us become the ESPN and TV talk uh, we do so many different types of after shows here, as well as all the programming on Popcorn Talk or Black Hollywood Live. And uh, we so greatly appreciate you taking the time to support us. But we're also asking for a little additional help. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, like and subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast through, uh, through iTunes, give us five stars when you have a moment. But wherever you're listening or watching, get involved with the conversation. Leave a comment. I mean, Carly gets excited when she sees all these comments kind of flowing up through her iPad I here. I do. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate uh, having the opportunity to, uh, to to reach out to all you folks and share our common love and enthusiasm for whether it's General Hospital films, uh, mm-hmm. variety of different TV shows. Uh, so we love having this platform, and it's all because you've taken the time to come on and support us. So thank you. Continue to do so and enjoy our shows. Very well said, Frank. Oh, I just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) You are hilarious. Let's pop on over to Shiloh because he took, uh, other than Oscar, his shenanigans took up quite a bit of the week as well. Him and Sam. Like, when he came over, 
I, I was really waiting for for Drew just to just you know choke him out. <laughs> I, uh, I've been with every time he's in a scene with somebody, I'm waiting for somebody to choke him out. I'm waiting for Willow to punch him in his throat one good time. It, I just need for her to just reach up and punch him in his throat one good time. Because when he grabbed her arm, I was like, did he really just grab her? Yeah. What is he? He's slipping up, though. Sam, he's so obsessed with Sam and Christina that he cannot see the forest for the trees. And they are going to be his downfall because he's not on top of it like he normally is. Yeah, it's, I mean, to see those creepy scenes of him in his, like, little uh, spe- special, like, confessional lockbox room. I can't wait to hear what sort of secrets you have to share with me. I know, and looking at that picture of her, and even that, like, I think, but I thought it was really interesting that Sam kind of, sort of admitted that there, like, she didn't come out and say it, but you kind of got the feeling when she said, I have to remind myself of who he is, no matter what he says. Excuse me, so there was a part of me that was like, oh, she might have been drinking Kool-Aid for a second and then she saw that picture of him and her with her blindfolded and she was like oh this fool is crazy what was I thinking I think you you would need that constant reminder because if you're only just even if you're going in knowing I can imagine only hearing all these things that he's spinning could get through and word on your defenses and so you need those constant reminders like what Hold and then on. she's yeah. talking about having sex with him for that trust thing like I'm gonna I'm gonna need her not to do that I'm gonna need her to grab that file before we can get to that point because that will be the point of no return right there. I'm like, I, I need for that not to happen at all. Yeah, it's, uh, well, Sam sneaks in trying to find the uh, the dirt that they have on uh, Christina. And mm-hmm. then take that. And then looks at her own file. Yes! Okay, wait, so let me what just. What was that? Okay, wait. So when that ha- when she was looking at her own, I'm like, diva, you were on borrowed time. Why are yes. you up in here snooping and looking at other people's stuff, including yours? Just grab Christina's file, put it in your back, and keep it moving. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I know. It was so frustrating. It's like, come on, Sam. Get over yourself. I was, Yeah, I saw that scene, and I was like, you are doing the most right now. I'm going to need you to get up out of there. And, then, <laughs> and not to mention that, but then she comes out of the room and lets the door slam. Yeah. And then he comes around the corner like he didn't know she was in there. Yeah. You hear a door slam from the way, from the audience point of view. It only looks like there's only two doors in that hallway: <laughs> the door that leads to like the little initiation room and the door to the filing cabinet room, right? And she wasn't coming from that door, so I was kind of like, "How come he not calling her out about that?" Yeah, and I thought that door was locked. It, she well, she picked well, it open. Yeah, but and so like, yeah. she picked it open with her I little mean, lock. Yeah, tools. I mean, I guess she locked it closed it. But then, but I mean, because she says, "I was out there looking for flyers." That's no, she said she, she no. She said she was looking for the office that had a copier in it, and she wanted to copy the flyers. But so, like, so she, but Shella saw her coming out of the office, right? Or no, no, she got out just in time. She got like she got out. The door closed behind her, and she was coming around the corner as he met her. Mm. So he didn't really see where she was coming from. But I'm like, nigga, didn't you hear the didn't you hear the door close yeah. in the background? I'm like, really though. There's only so many places you could be. You're right, Carla. I'm just saying. That hallway don't look like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in that hallway. So from our vantage point, yeah. there may be, but we don't know. So we've got Shiloh trying to, like, you know, just annoy people, whether it's, uh, hey, Willow, you know, you're going to come back to me. I thought to your mom. She's back in Beach's Corners. You're, But I got a place waiting for you right next to me. Oh, he is the worst. And then... Um, Oh, and then I forgot about uh, mentioning Milo. So my if it hadn't oh. if it hadn't been for Milo though, if it hadn't been for Milo trying to stall Shiloh from getting upstairs, Sam would have got caught. That. Like red handed caught. And what's to say what he would have done to her had he caught her? Like I'm afraid that he's actually going to do something to her. 
Well, uh, listening to Milo trying to you know convince Shiloh. That was, was like, pure comedy right there. That was like who's on first. I'm like I can't. I was like, what is happening? I cannot. But is there like are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Can you, can you show me around real quick? Help me plan my curriculum. What classes can I take? What's going on? I just cannot. But I was glad he was there. I was no, really no. glad he was there. And remember last and just to flip it over to some other stuff that's happening. Remember last week when um, Alexis. I'm sorry, Christina happened to eavesdrop on Neil and Alexis, and Alexis was crying. So now it's looking like Christina is more open. She seemed to be a little more at ease. She's playing games with Milo and Max. It's all chillax up and through there. And so she tells Neil that she wants to meet up with her mom and her dad, and then shenanigans ensue with that as well. Yes. Because when you said in that intro that <laughs> Alexis was wearing wigs, I'm like, that is pure comedy. Uh. It was, yeah. Like, so. I'm like, first of all, how are you going to look through some binoculars and see that and not realize those are wigs and it's not the same person? Like, you'd have to be an idiot for sure. Well, and the way that they're shooting those binocular scenes where it would get blurry at times. Right. I'm like, well, the focus. How, yeah. Like, maybe they're digital. Maybe they're digital binoculars. You just like with a, you know, just like with maybe. your iPhone. Sometimes when you turn on your camera, if it, it gets blurry until it focuses, that's that's my rationale for that. Oh, no, just like <laughs> that's my okay. rationale for that. But then, but then, and then somebody, I forget who it was in the chat room it might have been let me scroll back it was Joe Costanzo he said the new Valley is getting more time than the other one got the whole time she was on the show yeah but not that smart though <laughs> holy cow a big old dum-dum followed to this old trick it's like what What are you doing how can you not tell her honey her, her and Chase are the Keystone cops for real though you know which is he's frustrating. back to being a Keystone cop because he started out like uh, that and he redeemed himself and now he's back to being a Keystone cop again I just yeah yeah, so we do get to see a scene of Michael and Shiloh talk, and it, it, he tried it with Michael, didn't he? Yeah, but and then Michael's like, "Well, wait, if what's best for her is, is leaving, shouldn't you be happy for her?" And Shiloh's like, uh, 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 "Yeah, I don't know." Was, he's like, "I don't know." Like, yeah, there was that was just way too many things. And, and we also see them as they're saying they tried to get the uh, the DA to say, like, "Hey, we should do this." And the DA's like, and no, she was no, like, no, no. no. And then they started started um, qualifying with each other all the reasons for why she was stonewalling it. And they were like, well, we should just do it on our own. They were like, yeah, right. So that's what we're gonna do. I'm like, oh, that is way too much. Somebody's gonna get caught. Some shenanigans are gonna get ha- Some shenanigans are gonna happen. And I'm not sure if any of that is gonna go down before Sam gets caught in that filing cabinet room again. Because she only got one more time to be in there before he catches her. He's gonna catch her in there. So, because I know, like, Chase even talks to Willow after Michael asks Willow to come and talk to Christina. Kind mm-hmm. of the real scoop about Shiloh. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I did appreciate that Willow's like, I can't lie to Chase. I got to be upfront and tell him mm-hmm. what the deal is. Uh, I, I really appreciated that she didn't lie to him. Like, yes. if she had lied to him, I would have been like, don't we have enough lies in Port Charles? Can somebody please tell the truth? Yeah. You and, know? It's, uh, it's, I, 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 I'm just curious, like, this. Because I feel like if they just told Chase and Valerie what was going on, I don't think either of them have an issue of them trying to deprogram her. Mm-mm. But they're not telling her, so it's just making this like irritating kind of conflict. That I'm just like, all right, can they catch her? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. It really, really, really will. Because I'm just like, mm, 
Not quite sure what's happening here. What's, um, I don't know. Because it, it almost feels like more often than not, the poor Charles Petey is going to be play, made to be look like fools because they've got to let what all I, these other what people I just get away they with stuff. Keystone cops. Yeah. You know they Keystone cops. It's but like, it's come like, on. I, does this storyline serve, like, is it good because they're, like, they're it's, being dumb? It's a distraction. I think it's a distraction storyline from from the real meat of the situation, which was Oscar dying, the whole Shiloh situation, and then, of course, the whole thing with Ava and, and Mac and Felicia uh, and Lulu and all of them we'll trying, to, trying to draw uh, what's-his-face out. So. so at the end of it, though, uh, so uh, Diane leads uh, Valerie on a wild, wild goose, goose chase. chase. Yeah. <laughs> and then inside of Kelly's, then... Drops her wig when she comes to get coffee. It's like, I don't know, like, why drop the why drop the ruse? Yeah, that was not the smartest. For someone who's an attorney, that wasn't the smartest course of action for her. Because I feel like you're all but Cause admitting. Because if, if, if they come in there, they're going to come in there seeing you wearing those clothes. They're going to know that those were the clothes that Alexis had on. Yeah. And now they're going to realize that they were given the okie doke. And that's going to be a whole nother situation. I'm like, I can't. Because it's almost saying that, like, yeah, Alexis knows that she's up to some shady dealings, but you know, you can't, you can't just follow her. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I cannot. <laughs> so let's switch on over to to the to the burying of Ryan's hand. That was hilarious. Just y'all gonna just gonna have a funeral for a hand. <laughs> And Lulu's just shooting everything on her iPad. She's just shooting everything on her iPad. She's shooting everything on her iPad. If you work for a TV station, if you work for a newspaper, don't y'all have, like, an official photographer? Yeah. Like, you couldn't have somebody come be the official photographer and shoot it, and then she's going on and on about how many hits it's getting. I'm like, I cannot. And it, but what what I did think was interesting, which is going to tie us into the last storyline, the Jordan Curtis storyline, is that she gets that phone call after they had done all that, and it was a woman saying she had the wrong number. When on the docks in um, Canada, Jordan has uh, hooks not Jordan uh, Curtis hooks up with that drug dealer, and the drug dealer says that he got information he got this, his sources this woman that works someplace else, which they believe is a tie-in to Ryan and where Ryan is. So I thought it was very interesting that the blocked phone call came from a woman. Yeah. I'd be curious to see who this this mysterious woman that is helping Ryan out. Let's hope it's not Helena Castadon. (laughs) Because I swear to God, if she pop up one more time, I'm like, how many times can this chick die? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how many times can they kill off... (laughs) Exactly. How many times can they kill off Helena Castadon and she just come back from the dead? Like, a hundred? (laughs) I... I feel like at least now, I feel like the only way you'd get her back is if Anthony Geary came back for a little run as Luke Spencer. That might be the only way. You know that's not happening. He is in Amsterdam. He is really not trying to be bothered with poor Charles. There's always those rumors that he's like, oh, yeah, he might be coming back. He might be coming back. Anthony Geary is not leaving the country. He has been playing. He has played Luke Spencer for decades, plural. But you know what? Like It's like any football player. You, know, you get away from the game. Like the worst time to ask a player if they're going to retire is right after the season ends because they're all bumped up and bruised and sore. But you give them time to get away, relax, unwind. They start changing their mind. Could be the same thing for Anthony Gary. He's gone for a while. Kind of misses just like you know, not necessarily wanting to come back for a long term commitment, but come back for a storyline. I don't know, Frank. I don't know. I bet like they- I think, I think if if. Bobby, if something happened with Bobby's character on the show, they yeah. they might bring him back for that because she is the only tie 
original tie that he has to the Spencer family that's left on the show is Bobby, right? Yeah. And Lucas. That's it. So if something happened with either one of them, maybe he might come back for that. But mm-mm, I don't see that happening. Oof. Hey, everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one. And they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Uh, well, uh, what about Lulu? Mm-mm. Well, I, Laura? Mm-mm. I think the only... Per- I you think, don't think Laura... Like- no, I think the only person he would come back for would be Bobby. I don't even think he'd come back for Laura. Oh, come on. I, I bet, don't. I, I don't. I feel like he would. What y'all think in the chat room? Somebody said Anthony is somewhere living his best life. I, I agree, Rena Sheen, he is. But in the chat room, do y'all think Anthony Geary would come back? To General Hospital for like a little, a little um, one-off for for old posterity, old times' <laughs> sake. I don't think so. So we've got Lulu documenting everything at the at the burial site on her iPad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just like oh, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. But then they go over to the Metro Court and they got to hang out and that, and then Lucy walks in. That was a really good scene. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. I she went and then and then but this is what made me laugh out loud. So they have the scene with Lucy. Lucy goes in on Kevin for trying to hook her up or for what she thinks is Kevin hooking up with Ava. And then she doesn't turn and get her butt out of the threshold good when Max says, Man, that Ava is good at her <laughs> good at her acting or whatever he said. <laughs> and I'm like, and he was loud. I'm like, you think Lucy didn't hear that? Uh, that was I, funny to me. She's too busy. She's too wrapped up in the nurse's ball. Okay, stuff. so Tam Smith said that she thinks Tony Geary would come back for Jeannie Francis. Yes. And they said, I do as well, like he did when Jane, <coughs> when Jane Tracy, uh, the chick to play Tracy when she retired. Okay, okay, I'll give y'all that. But you got to give him uh, a line. You can't just. Yeah, you just can't have him come back as a ghost and we see the back of his head. I'm just saying. But although to have him come back for Laura, it's yeah, because I don't want him to because I don't want sense of like, oh well, they were always meant to be together all along. Like, no, no, no. I don't no, I don't want it to be that. I mean, you know, it's just like if you, it's just like if there's somebody <coughs> that you had a history with for a really long yeah. time, and you just want to say goodbye one more time. Like I can get I. I, I I changed my mind. I can get with that. I can understand wanting to say goodbye one last time because there's history there. Yeah, so you, you come know? by and say goodbye to me one last time. Like somebody said, no. Mm. Somebody said, was Lucy playing? What, what, what are they talking? Okay, wouldn't it be funny if Mitch Lawrence came to GH? Mm, no. <laughs> All right, that's asked an answer. Um, uh, was Lucy playing the part? And I don't know what that means, Rena. But then Miss Bubble said, no, not Laura. It's common knowledge he fought against Luke and Laura being the end game. Who fought against Luke and Laura? What y'all talking about? Oh, Mitch La- Oh, Mitch Lawrence. Mitch Lawrence, the character Mitch Lawrence. There's an actor named Mitch Lawrence. Oh, I remember Mitch Lawrence. He was dastardly. Mm. He was terrible. I uh, don't think I didn't notice how you just sidestepped answering my question. Oh, what was that? Was like, would, you, <laughs> would, you, uh, would you come back to say goodbye to me? I didn't even hear you ask that question. You didn't, you didn't. You just I don't said, like, know. Oh, I got to get back into this iPad. I don't know. I might. <laughs> no. It, no, no, no. Of course I. Wouldn't. I would be like, "Yo, Frank, what's up?" 
tighter. Yeah, that time when the GH report fades off in the sunset and you come back, you won't even come back. You're off in fame and fortune. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, please. That's so not happening. It's always happening. It's come so on. not. Come on now. No, no, Everybody follow no, her on Twitter, Instagram. She's got. She's blowing up all over the place. I am so not blowing up she all is. over the place. She I am is. not. Absolutely. I am not. I am not. She absolutely is. I am not. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> With my fake British accent. I love it. We're a great character work there. <laughs> so Sam and Jason hit, hit, uh, hatch a scheme to try to get Shiloh. Because, of course, Shiloh wants to bring Sam into the trust. And you got to mm-hmm, have that, mm-hmm. that that promise. And I I was wondering about that scene, though. Because when Shiloh first approaches Sam and says, hey, you could be in the trust, but you got to record some sort of confession about yourself or a loved one. Mm-hmm. And then he drops off that tape recorder. I'm like, mm. yeah. And, like, Sam... I was hoping for her to be a little bit smarter because she does like question like, well, why do you need this? But then the other part of it was like, why did you ask them the questions like, well, if I have to do this to be with you, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Should you not share a secret with me that mm-hmm. I hold on to? So it's mm-hmm. we're both trusting each other. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for her to. Like, I felt like she'd be smart That's enough a good to ask point. that question. That was because she asked questions about everything else. That's yeah. a good point that she didn't ask that question. That's a really good point. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't ask that question because like when she when um. They were standing in that hallway, and he was like, well, you're not supposed to be up here. And she was like, well, why? What is there up here that I'm not supposed to see? Yeah. When she said that, I was like, ooh, ooh. I was like, ooh. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Sam went there. She went there. <laughs> As, and so you mean if I was in the trust, I could get in that room anytime I wanted? Exactly. And he was like, of course. I'm like, mm. uh, Okay. Uh, he is creepalicious. And I'm just, like, I have this bracelet that I wear that has little strings on it like that. Yeah. Whenever I see him with his on, I'm like, mm, I might have to stop wearing this bracelet <laughs> for a while because I just, mm. Carl's getting creepalicious. I'm not, but you know. So Jason and Sam, which I thought was a smart move by Jason. It's like, give him some dirt about me, but it's going to be fake dirt. Mm-hmm. I'll have Spinelli uh, dummy up something that looks like I've murdered somebody. You give him <laughs> right? to that, and that's great. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a smart plan. That is a really good plan, but she wasn't having that, I don't think. I think I think they're going to go for it. You think? Yeah. What I... What I what I've enjoyed about this storyline, even though, you know, as with every storyline GH does, it almost invariably goes longer than you want it to. <laughs> but I... I have to admit, though, this one has not... The Shiloh storyline actually keeps me engaged. Really? And this is why. Because every time he interacts with a different person in Poor Charles, that person always has a different piece of baggage that they're carrying so it's a whole different type of situation going on and i seem to notice that depending on who he's interacting with he interacts with everybody very differently even the scenes that they had with even the scenes that they instituted with him this past week with milo the way he interacted with milo was different than the way he interacted with christina which was different than the way he interacted with brad like every like there's that aura of his is still there, but the interaction is different depending on who the person is. Mm. I can understand that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay, well, I'll give you that. Yeah, all right. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, yeah, it's just... I, I've liked seeing the cat-mouse aspect of it. Yeah. Because it's almost where you're seeing... Inevitably, it it, uh, it almost seems that you always see the bad guys always being one step ahead of the good guys. Right. And they're constantly being outmatched until the very end when they can kind of right. turn the tables. But it's been this where it's like you see Sam and Jason kind of like setting up moves mm-hmm. and how Shiloh has just been kind of slowly just kind of following them down this rabbit hole they're taking them. Yeah, it's – I'm just – I really want – I'm really um, interested to see how this is all going to play out. I really am. I'm like, hmm. Like I would love for them to turn him into like 
have him be a redeeming character at some point just to see. I just want to see how it's going to play out because it would just be shenanigans. It would be pure comedy. Oh, and let's not forget the fact that Robert still has Finn's, <laughs> Finn's ring. ring. That's right. And I love how he was like, he was like, I'm not playing with you. I need you to return that ring right now. Like him being tough on that phone to Robert, like, come on, you are never seeing that ring again, dude. Yeah. It's uh, things I also don't care about is uh, speaking of Finn is like the, the, <laughs> Uh, the Jordan uh, needing dialysis storyline, like, whatever. I don't know how I feel about that storyline, actually. I did like the fact that Anstella was the, the irony of Anstella being the person that found her when she passed out on the floor. Yeah. Like, the irony of that was just kind of lovely. I love that. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up, uh, Christina and her kind of deprogramming therapy, mm-hmm. would they want to have uh, Alexis and, and, and Sonny talk to her? Mm-hmm. And we talked about how you're saying that she had heard Alexis talking with Neil the, the week uh, last week. Do you buy that Christina is actually open to thinking about things differently? Because she feel, also, also feel like she's not thinking Shiloh is at all any of the reason that she's having any issues with her parents. No. I, I, I think that she did buy it. I think that because when the camera showed that close-up of her face when Alexis was crying, saying she just she just wants her daughter back. She loves her daughter. Christina has, even though Alexis would say that to Christina, I don't think Christina ever really heard her until that moment. Because in that moment, she's not saying it to Molly. She's not, you know, complaining about it and saying it to Molly or Sam or Jason or Sonny. She's saying it to a complete and utter stranger, which in Christina's little warped mind means oh, if she's saying this to him, then maybe she really does love me. Maybe all the stuff that she says and does to me isn't to self-deprecate me, but it is because she actually cares about what's wrong with me, I mean, or what's happening with me, or about my well-being, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But what I thought was interesting about her conversation was that she doesn't think Shiloh is any of the reason for why they're having these problems. And that (laughs) basically said, I was like, you know, I, I may go back to Donna Day, and I hope you guys are cool with that. I'm like, man. If she says that, I'm what's like, going on? mm-mm. I get the feeling she's not going to buy into what Willow's, what Willow's saying. I think she might. You think so? I think she might because it's Willow. Because Willow is somebody that's gone through that process. If Willow was was just, if Willow was simply, you know, a girlfriend of Michael's coming to save the day along with everybody, you know, another mm-hmm. pile on from everybody else, I don't think she would care. But I think because she's been through that whole situation and beca- and maybe Willow will divulge to her who she really is, that she's not just the school teacher in Port Charles, but that, you know... She is what she is to Shiloh, and maybe that will make her. I think that's probably going to be the only thing that makes her change her mind. Honestly, how much? How quick uh, into their talking do we see the tat on Willow's back? Uh, who's tat? Uh, Christina? No, uh, Willow's tat of dawn and day on her back. When I'm sorry, how how, how quickly into tomorrow's episode or uh, yeah Monday's episode do will we, we see, see that tat? Yep. Oh, Does she go to like? Check out this tat that I got. Oh, I think it's going to take a minute before they get to that. I would lead right off of this. Like, do you want this on your back? Come on. <laughs> this is terrible. What are you talking like, about? You, you remember when you were in that room and they gave you that tea? This is what was about to go down. <laughs> you was about to have this on your back. My mom gave me up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, folks, in our, uh, quick as we wrap up, there are a couple quick news and gossip bits here. Ooh, nice. TV yeah. News. So our good pal, uh, William DeVry, uh, playing Julian Jerome here, he's going to be on a, on a primetime show Uh-oh. in a little bit there. He's got a little bit of a role here on The Terror. 
It's a, a drama that airs on AMC based on the 2007 novel of the same name written by Dan Simons. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's going to be on there for, for a little role. So that'd be curious to check him out there. Okay. And, uh, of course, we've got some shenanigans happening with uh, Oscar's will. Uh, what's going to happen? Who's going to get money other than the Kilimanjaro Fund? They looked a little not happy about that, didn't they? I, I felt like, I, I thought it, I thought Monica was all right with it. Mm. You don't think so? Monica was all right with it, but Kim was looking like, well, what do you mean? What did he do with his money? She was like, how did he do that? And I didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're getting very close to seeing uh, Jasper Jacks. Come back on the canvas, which I'm very much I excited about. I love that. Yay! And I hope that it is going to be a more extended stay than the, the last couple times that he's been here, where it's been like maybe a week and then he's gone. I really would yeah, love this I to be like Yeah, I hate when he kind of pops in. in and he pops in and pops out. That's kind of annoying. I would love to, oh, It would just be nice to have a, just a little bit of a dynamic in there, uh, a change in that. And I think Jax could be a nice shot in the arm for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have a... Uh, there's a blind item going around that uh, of the four soaps right now that there's going to be some major cast shakeups. Uh, you know, there's already been something happened with Michelle Stafford heading right. back from GH to Younger Than Restless. Right. Uh, they're so saying like this is not the end of it. There could be something going on. There's no specific concrete at GH. Uh, it could be GH. Could be you know Days of Our Lives. Could be YNR. Could be Bold and Beautiful. Uh, oh. We don't know exactly which one it is, but GH is certainly in the mix of somebody that there could be some big cast shakeups here. Ooh. Yeah, whether it's uh, you know Billy Miller, you know, taking off and heading back to YNR, who knows? You could see something like that as well. Mm. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I feel like the uh, the I feel like uh, if they did that though, I think Drew Kane, the character, would probably be recast. Then I think. Yeah, probably. Oh, Vernay Watson won again for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Oh, for look GH. at her. All right. Stella. She's bringing the heat. She did have some good scenes this season. Vernay Watson. Year. Yeah, she they they utilized her very well when it came to Mike and her. It was they did her they did her right. Well, and even those like those like therapy sessions between her, Jordan, and Curtis. Mm-hmm. Whew, those some, were those were brutal. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. Uh, let's first look at Carla's mom. Thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. How did we do? She was asleep. Uh, I, I do that to everybody. I, I bore them. I bore them. It's something unusual. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you want to continue the conversation with either of us after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can... Yeah, that's right. And I was like, ooh, I heard Curvy Critic in my head. And you can also find me right before General Hospital over at Black Hollywood Live for the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, where we talk about all the latest releases in the theaters and streaming online. Hop over there and join us sometimes and, you know, give us a system of love. Appreciate you. (laughs) Carla's mom, did you enjoy the Curvy Critic episode more than the GH Report? She did. Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) I think we know know why she didn't enjoy it. It's me, guys. It's me. That's cool. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, folks, at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday with an all-new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.